It is Locked on Jazz for the 18th of May, part two of the look at Danny Ainge's career. The fleeces to another contender. And what can we learn that relates to today's Utah Jazz? Plus, lottery results are in. What impact does it have on the Jazz? That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. Pow! You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a Jazz fan each and every day. We are going to look at Danny Ainge's career today. From 2013, where he reboots the Boston Celtics after a championship team, up till 2020, when he resigns to later become the new head of the Utah Jazz basketball and part of the Board of Governors. So we'll look at that seven-year stretch. The same themes as what we saw the week, a little bit different. The fleeces are the headline story here. But you also will see him drafting different types of players at different spots in the draft and understanding where you get value. You will see a little fringe value as he seems to be able to pull off uh, in multiple uh, circumstances. And you will also uh, see him, frankly, he doesn't always hit, but he doesn't miss in the NBA draft. And I'll explain that. Uh, for you as well as we spread the years looking at Danny Ainge and what it means for the future of the Utah Jazz uh, here on the program. Uh, it was so funny. I thought I was not live today, and I am. I didn't actually mean to be live. So we are. Uh, hello to uh, Wyatt and Tree and Derek and Spencer and Lee and Bryce, which means I false started you guys a moment ago. So I apologize um, for that. I didn't realize that uh, today I meant to just do a studio show and premiere it. Uh, for some reasons, but I'm glad I caught that or we could have had a problem in a few seconds. Um, quickly, uh, on today's, just from last night, uh, quick little note. Here's the NBA draft lottery results. The Magic were one, Thunder two, Rockets three, Kings four, Pistons five. I don't know. I'd say that's probably from a Utah Jazz standpoint, that's fine. Sacramento jumping up to four. They've got a lot of talent. It gives them another opportunity. They may end up with Ivy as another guard to go with De'Aaron Fox, and they then wonder why they have Davion Mitchell, and they run into the same problem they had with Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. Um, Indiana's at six. Portland at seven doesn't do a lot for them. Pelicans at eight, I think, was the fear. They get better, and they're already really good, and they get Zion back. Spurs get another piece at nine. This is a funky draft. It's a draft where bigs are leading the way in the draft in a league where bigs are becoming less relevant. So um, it'll be an interesting draft to keep an eye on, but that's uh, where the draft lottery falls big from a jazz standpoint. I think the takeaway there is the night went pretty well. Uh, Sacramento jumping up makes, you know, another West contender um, and the thunder are in the massive rebuild, but they're still years away. What I think you just didn't want to see was the blazers or Pelicans vault up into the top three at some point you can't stop you know you can't stop Houston and Oklahoma City doing what they're going to do all right so Danny Ainge the in 2012 where we left you yesterday we had run in yesterday's episode of Locked on Jazz we'd run Danny Ainge from 2003 
up to 2013. It was, it's a, you know, a 13 year run. They've been, they've won a championship in 07. They get to the finals in 09. They get to game seven of the Eastern Conference finals two years after that. And then they have a first round exit in 2012 13. Rondo plays just 38 games. Paul Pierce is 35. Garnett's 36. And he finds, as he did in our first run, he found Phoenix at a vulnerable state. Phoenix was at a vulnerable state. And he takes Rajon Rondo and Brian Grant um, from them. It becomes a key piece. Now we're in 2013. It's the reboot. And again, this is where you're going to see the same themes that we talked about yesterday with Ainge. One is an unbelievable to recognize his own talent of when it's time to get off him and which talent to get off. A remarkable ability to draft different types of players at different positions in the draft and get value out of them. So he starts it off. And he drafts Kelly Olenek in in the draft. Now, this turns out to be the Rudy Gobert um, NBA draft. And I'm not saying he should have – don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying he should have drafted Rudy Gobert. Um, But what's interesting is this actually has huge impact on the Utah Jazz because uh, he moves up to go get Kelly Olenek or or trades to go get Kelly Olenek in that draft, which was a little bit of a stunner. And it got the Jazz who were originally at 14. Remember, the Jazz were at 14 and 21, and the Jazz wanted to draft a Linux in that draft. And when Ainge moved up to 13 to go get a Linux, then the uh, the Jazz draft move up, trade 14 and 22 or 24, whatever. I think that's what, or 14 and 26 to go get Trey Burke at nine. And that doesn't work out great. He drafts Kelly Linux with the 13th pick of the draft. And Kelly Olenek uh, turns out to play, as of so far, the 10th most amount of minutes of anyone in that draft class. Like, that's that's ideal. Um, you know, Giannis goes 15th in that draft, but there were some unique circumstances with medical and things on that with Giannis. And, and again, this is where Danny Ainge in drafts, sometimes, and Giannis would be the exception here, uh, where... Again, but if you follow that, remember that backstory, you know, there's like the Jazz didn't have medical on him. Boston may not have. There's some people who believe that he wanted to have medical in Milwaukee because Herb Cole was the senator and got his family uh, uh, citizenship. Like, you know, I mean, there's just a lot of different stories around what takes place there. But nonetheless, listen to the next set of picks after Kelly Olenek. Shabazz Muhammad, Giannis, Lucas Noriega, Dennis Schroeder, Shane Larkin, Sergey Karaska, Tony Snell, Gorgie Dang. Mason Plumlee, Solomon Hill, Kelly Olenek. The only one who played more minutes than Kelly Olenek in there is Dennis Schroeder and, and Giannis. And otherwise, there's not a player after the draft until you get to Rudy Gobert that plays more minutes than Kelly Olenek does. And this is a great example of Danny's drafting. He just hits. He doesn't. Sometimes he misses. But if he misses, it's a draft where there's actually not anyone there. And then he pulls the great fleece. He trades Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and Jason Terry, and the 2017 first-round pick. And again, this is signature to me on these other previous drafts. He has a reputation, and we'll address this in part three tomorrow, of not wanting to make deals. I don't think that's a fair reputation. And the reason I say that is if you go back to the deals where we talked about before, he gave stuff away. I missed it yesterday. I thought, I will admit, the Wally Zerbiak and getting a first-round pick with it um, was a little bit more of a fleece than I realized when I did the prep. But if you go back and look at his various moves, he gives up the fifth pick for Ray Allen. He actually gives up an awful lot for Kevin Garnett when he gets them. And 
He gives up a 17 first round pick. What he gets back is ridiculous. He gets a 2014 first round pick, which turns out to be James Young, a 2016 first round pick, which turns out to be Jalen Brown, a 2017 first round pick, which he turns into Jason Tatum plus a pick. He turns into a 2018 first round pick, which he actually trades to get Kyrie Irving. It's the greatest trade in the history of the NBA. Other than Robert Tractor Trailer for Dirk Nowitzki by Dallas. And maybe Trey Young for Luka Doncic. Oh, literally gets for Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and a 2017 first round pick. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kyrie Irving out of the package. Now, they go through that season. Their best players are Jeff Green and Avery Bradley. And they're 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 not very good. Like they're they're not good at that point. They go 25 and 57. It's the it's the you know, they're this is kind of what what they expect. This is not a surprise to them in the 2013-14 season. Um, Brad Stevens takes over as head coach at this point, and the Boston Celtics are they're not good. Okay, no big deal. That's what they plan. And um and now he starts he starts this rebuild with this. And if you look at that team, as I mentioned, Jeff Green, John Rondo, and Avery Bradley are the best players. The next part of this rebuild is super interesting because this is where Ainge shows his ability to recognize different styles of talent. And the previous great teams he built was a superstar-laden team of Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett. Now, all of a sudden, he builds a completely different style team, but then adds superstars to it. And so it shows his understanding of two different things, and we'll touch on that um, here as we continue. He In the 2014 draft, we now have him, after kind of a tank year, getting to go to work and then rebuild this team. And it's pretty fascinating, his understanding and ability to grab what I would call, you know, mid-level talent. Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett, pretty obviously great, but how he builds this next roster is super interesting. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending, one of the largest independent lending companies in the United States, headquarters in Utah. They're very different. They're hyper-responsive. They embrace change. Their borrower experience is fabulous. And we've got a corporate account with them with one of the great guys you'll ever interact with in the business world. His name is Steve Carter. And Steve Carter just does marvelous, marvelous work for me. It, It is a pleasure Every time one of you emails me at dlock09 at gmail.com and I can send you to Steve Carter because the reviews that come back are great. And I'm not just saying this. I do this with everyone. I do this with, we sent Carl Weinstein, our COO of Locked On over there. We sent everybody we can with Locked On over to uh, Steve Carter. I would send my mother, my father, my business, my business partner, bro. Those have to love me. My business partner can be pissed. It's actually probably the most important person out there. So I'm telling you, this isn't just me telling you in an ad. This is what I actually have done. Intercap lending and call Steve at 385-885-28. That's 385-885-28. Or just email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. And I will um, give you an update. Things are a little crazy out there right now. I got, you know, and so you want to make sure you have someone like Steve who's doing the best work for you. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. For more information, visit intercaplending.com. Feel free to just email me directly at dlock09 at gmail.com. Today's show is also brought to you by Athletic Greens. Where am I? Oh, I must have finished it and not brought it in. My morning drink, Athletic Greens. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And I'm frankly, none of them all, well, I guess, dairy-free only by 
um, by, by niceness of those around me. Um, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes. What is Athletic Greens? It's a daily drink for you. With one delicious scoop, you get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole uh, food source, superfoods, probiotics to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous systems, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and aging. All of those things simply in one scoop, and it costs less than $3 a day rather than if investing in your health rather than $10 at the juice factory or whatever it may be. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up an ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It is Locked on Jazz. Thanks very much for making us your first listen of every single day. Comment on YouTube of what you think about Danny Ainge and what he'll do with the Jazz. Send us a little thumbs up as well on YouTube. That's super helpful. And if you're on our pod, listen to any of our podcast providers, please give us a five-star review. For your second listen today, NBA Big Board. Locked on NBA Big Board will be interesting after the lottery to get a breakdown of what they think, everything that is going on um, there. Um, so here's 2014 draft. This is the Dante Exum draft and the Celtics draft Marcus Smart. This matches again. First of all, Marcus Smart turns out to be a tremendous player. He was, there was concerns about his personality. There are concerns about his lack of offense. There were all these things. That's why the jazz passed on Marcus Smart, which turned out to be a huge mistake, right? Like, Let's be honest about it. They draft Marcus Smart. We draft Dante Exum. Oops. Um, Marcus Smart turned out to be, you know, the Jazz would be a, would have been a better franchise. Have you taken Marcus Smart with the sixth over the fifth overall pick instead of Dante Exum? One's played 245 games, another's played 520, one's played 1,500 minutes, the other's played five or 15,000, the other's played 5,000. But here's again where and there's really nothing to complain about Marcus Smart. He's the character and value of that team at the right time. But just, again, on Ainge, here are the next picks. Julius Randle, Nick Stauskas, Noah Vonley, Alfred Payton, Doug McDermott, Dario Saric. Like, you can decide only Marcus Smart was a good enough sixth pick of a draft, which I would probably disagree with at this point if he's played 15,000 minutes. But even if you – and he's played the fifth most amount of minutes. But of anyone in that draft class – but regardless, there wasn't somebody that came next. His next pick is his first pick from that trade, and it's James Young. And so it seems like a miss. Played 95 games, 812 minutes. The following picks were Tyler Ennis, Gary Harris. Okay, that would have been a better pick. Bruno Caboco, Mitch McGrary, Jordan Adams, and Rodney Hood. Then Shabazz Napier. Okay, Gary Harris or Rodney Hood would have been a better pick. But again, you see the same trend here. That draft clearly had fallen off the map by that point. Gary Harris turns out to be a super good pick. And Rodney Hood turns out to be an okay pick. And But Bruno, Mitch McGarry, Jordan Adams, Tyler Ennis, James Young, all in that same realm, none of them end up playing more than 2,500 minutes in the NBA. So it's the same reoccurring theme that when Ainge goes to the draft board, even if he doesn't totally hit, it's not a miss in the sense of, that there was a bunch of guys on the board that could have gotten better. So the next year, this is interesting. They go to 40 and 42. 
It's the big jump, 15 win jump. And it's still Jeff Green, Rajon Rondo. They sign, he signs Evan Turner, former number three pick of the draft. Couldn't shoot, figures out a way to use him. Um, they had, he's added Jared Sullinger in a draft at this point um, on the team. And then halfway through the season, he starts to make moves. And trader Danny kicks in. And this is where I would say is another interesting aspect of Danny Ainge. And we go back to kind of what we talked about with Ainge with this unbelievable ability to understand his own talent. And that's, to me, what makes it so interesting for this season. What does he think of Royce O'Neal? What does he think of Boyan Bogdanovich? What does he think of Donovan Mitchell? What does he think of, of, of who did I say, Mike Conley? Like, what does he think of these guys? What does he think of Jordan Clarkson? Because he starts to make these, this is where he starts to move his team and unload it. It's a green Rondo, Avery Bradley, Elvin Turner team in 22 games in the season. He moves Rajon Rondo to Dallas in a deal that gets him Jay Crowder, Brandon Wright, and I believe a, a first round pick. And this, you know, perfect Rondo. It really never becomes a very good player after that. Like if you kind of go back and look at Rondo's career, either he was good in Boston or there's, or Ainge knew something at that point because there's not, there's there's not a lot of upside on Rondo's career after that. Uh, He's a part of a title team, but as a fringe player, he then trades He then makes, then he trades Jeff Green to Memphis and gets off of Jeff Green. And he actually picks up Austin Rivers in that deal. And he trades and he gets, I believe, a first round draft pick for the 2020 uh, draft in that, uh, in that deal. So he gets off Green for a 2020 pick. He gets off Rondo for a 2016 pick. He then, uh, trades Jameer Nelson, who's on the roster, picks up Nate Robinson. And then he s- makes a deal with Phoenix. And at the time, nobody seemed to think much of. He's a part of a three-team deal. He trades Marcus Thornton and a 2016 first-round pick to Phoenix. And um, Boston, he had picked up Tayshaun Prince in one of the deals. He trades that to Detroit. Detroit makes a bunch of moves to Boston. And the Phoenix Suns trade Isaiah Thomas to the Boston Celtics. How Danny knew that Isaiah Thomas had something left in him is beyond me. But there's a massive important deal at the trade deadline and trader Danny turns over the 2014 team. He's gotten rid. It was a Jeff Green, uh, Rajon Rondo team. He recognizes his own talent. He realizes those are not guys that can carry you, that Rondo's sliding, that Jeff Green's not a leader. And he, I, I'm putting words in his mouth. I know he loves Jeff Green. He went through the whole heart thing and everything like that. But Jeff Green's not a leader. Um, and he wrote, he builds this team. And the next thing you know, without a superstar on this team, he suddenly now has a contender. Or not a contender, but a good basketball team is probably the better way to say it. And by 2016, they go from to 40 by the 15 16 season the next year they go to 48 and 34 they lose in the first round of the playoffs but this is a team that's eight he's kept Avery Bradley so of all those guys the one guy keeps is Bradley 
Isaiah Thomas averages 22 points a game. Jay Crowder becomes valuable. Evan Turner, Marcus Smart. He had drafted Jared Selinger a little bit earlier um, in, a, in a draft. Uh, he has Kelly Olenek, who he's picked up. And this team, with good work with Brad Stevens, without a star, is 48-34. and 34. They lose in the first round. And now some impressive things that they that they do here in a second. They have eight guys playing 20 minutes. So now he's built a team that's built around uh, just a collection of players. And he go the 2015 draft, he drafts Terry Rozier with the 16th pick of the draft. And a, that's a hit, no question. But again, the next picks, Rashad Vaughn plays 100 games. Sam Decker, Jeremy Grant, good player. DeLon Wright, Justin Anderson. Most of these guys don't hit. Here's Terry Rozier, picked by Danny Ainge. He's played the fifth most amount of minutes of any player in that draft, and he was the 16th pick of the draft. He nails it again. He then drafts R.J. Hunter, who doesn't pan out. There was a lot of love for R.J. Hunter, particularly in the stats community. The next picks are Chris McCulloch, Kevon Looney, good pick, C.D. Osmond, Montrez Harrell, Jordan Mackey and Anthony Brown and Willie Hernan Gomez and Rakeem Christmas. Okay. There's actually CD Osmond turns out to be a nice player and Montrez Harrell turns out to be a nice player and Kayvon Looney turns out to be a nice player. There's three guys in there late in the first round. Most people miss RJ Hunter turned out to be a total miss. Um, but again, there's also a lot of guys in there. So the 2016 team we've talked about, they have eight guys playing 20 minutes. They win 48 games. He drafts Jalen Brown in the, in the next draft, which, you know, Jalen Brown was not a total consensus third pick of the draft. That seemed to be a stretch from a lot of people's mind. And Jalen Brown has become probably in that draft, the, you know, the Brandon Ingram probably is the redraft number one, Jalen Brown and Jamal Murray are the redraft two and three. Pascal Siakam was the steal that drafted 27. So he nails that one. He, but it's a different style of player, right? He drafts Kelly Olenek, who's kind of a role-playing, methodical, multi-skilled in the middle of the draft. He drafts Marcus Smart with a pure athlete at a five. He drafts Jalen Brown there at that elite level at a three. He drafts Terry Rozier at 15. A little smaller, has some deficiencies, but can play. He understands what to do where in the draft, and we'll see that even more clearly here as we wrap up in the next few years. His next draft that year, by the way, on the Jalen Brown year, is he drafts uh, Yebiseli with one of the picks he got in one of those other deals, and Yebiseli doesn't hasn't turned out. But the next picks are Wade Baldwin, Henry Ellison, Malik Beasley, Karis LeVert, DeAndre Bourbon, Malik Richardson. Four of the six, Ante Zizic is the so five of the next seven don't pan out. Malik Beasley and Karis LeVert might have been better picks than Yabaselli at that point. So there's you know you can call it a miss. Uh, again, but most people, there are misses in the middle of the draft all the time. 50% of players drafted after 11 don't become rotation players. And you can often see the line of where a draft falls. And clearly, you know, this is the line because the picks before them were Papa, Papa Giannis out of Denzel Valentine, Juancho Herman Gomez, Yabaselli, Wade Baldwin, and Henry Ellison are picks 13 through 18 of that draft. That draft has fallen off the map. It's the draft Dennis Lindsay got out of to get George Hill because of the, exactly that fact that there was not a lot in that one. But here's the next, the next move by Danny Ainge 
now shows you the next element. So he's built this kind of interesting roster that's been put together. It's a collection of eight guys playing 20 minutes. They lose in the first round. And this is one of the moves, to me, it tells you all you need to know about why Danny Ainge is one of the great executives in the NBA. And I'll have that for you coming up in just a second. The show Today's show is brought to you by Bill Bar. Did you, are they, let's see, did you get them in time? I got a uh, email from one of our listeners. OMG, Brownie Batter Puffs! Brownie Batter Puffs are still available. I ordered a massive amount yesterday, along with cho- uh, coconut, marshmallow, and churro puffs. The birthday cake puffs are there as well, plus banana cream pie. Puffs mix box are available for you. If you haven't had the puffs, it's a collagen-infused protein that literally tastes like a candy bar, but it's a protein bar, and it's healthy for you. It's 130 calories. It's 2.5 fat grams. It's four net carbs, four grams of sugar, and 17 grams of protein for you all in one incredibly tasty fabulous puff and the brownie batter puffs are outstanding promise you promise you if you don't like the brownie butter puffs here's the deal they're gonna sell out and i'm gonna want more so i'll just buy them from you go go get your brownie batter puffs uh and you get some free birthday cake ones as well plus the coconut marshmallow i had a churro puff yesterday on the golf course uh while watching my daughter so it's a great little that's what it's right there for that, that kind of quick little nibble to, to fill your, your bite and get you taken care of today's show is also brought. Oh, go promo code is locked 15. That's locked 15. You get yourself 15% off your entire order at built.com. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at rock auto, save time and money using rock auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50 or hundred percent more on the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. I mean, the Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 at a chain store. It's 216 at Rock Auto. It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. It's reliably low prices for every customer, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer. It's an old-school, easy-to-navigate website. They aren't paying extra money for the marketing or the flash. They're just saving you money. So go explore the easy to use website today and find the solution for your auto part needs, right? Locked on the, how'd you hear about a section, please? That's locked on. And the, how'd you hear about a section? It's rock auto, amazing selection, reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. So here's the next step for Ainge on this. He, tr- he signs Al Horford. Al Horford is one of the great winners in the NBA. He's worked everywhere he's ever been. He won a national championship. He plays the game perfectly. The recognition of Al Horford. It's not like that unique. Everybody understands that Al Horford's great, but that's the player he went and got. Here he had this collection of eight players playing 20 minutes a night, and he makes the first move to go get a star player, and that star player is Al Horford, who I just don't think moves that. It's not the flash Anthony Davis, you know, big time move that a lot of people get fired up for. And the team is still Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley. And frankly, Al Horford creates Isaiah Thomas, who scores 29 points a game. Jay Crowder, Marcus Smart, Kelly Linick, Amir Johnson, Jalen Brown begins to play a little at 17 minutes a night. Terry Rozier begins to play a little. So they've got these athletes off the bench who are young and aren't quite sure what to do. Rozier's not good in this first year. Jalen Brown's only okay. And they add Al Horford and they go from a 48 win team to a 53 win team, which is the hardest kind of 53 and up is the hardest jump. And they go to the Eastern conference finals because Al Horford is that guy. 2017 draft. It's time for fleece. Number two, he trade the number one pick is going to be Markel Fultz. 
either Danny knows he has the yips or Danny doesn't quite like him because he's small or whatever the reason. But Danny Ainge knows that Jason Tatum is the guy he wants in the draft, which is turning out to be one of the great picks as Tatum's top five player in the league. And he trades and he gets the 19th pick of the first round, a future pick, along with Jason Tatum. First off, the recognition of Jason Tatum instead of the recognition of Markel Fultz is really all you want out of your GM. Like that's the separator of a great GM and what you want done. He gets it, right? He makes, he takes, he has the player that's going to be better. And he pulls off that trade. He drafts semi Ujale in the, with a 37th pick, which turned out to be a decent pick. And now he starts to build this team a little differently. He signed, he trades Avery Bradley for Marcus Morris so he can sign Gordon Hayward. He now trades Jay Crowder, understanding that, frankly, if you have Gordon Hayward, you probably don't have a spot for Jay Crowder. And he trades Isaiah Thomas, who's pulled off this miracle season and everyone's in love with. And it's like this heartless deal. And he also is willing to give up something. He gives up a 2018 first round pick, which becomes Colin Sexton. So again, same things we've seen out of Danny Ainge throughout his career. Recognition of his own talent. Avery Bradley, frankly, is beaten up pretty badly and never becomes the same player he was that he was in Boston. Recognition of Isaiah that Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas have pushed them as far as they can go. And willingness to give up something in Colin Sexton. He's not fleecing ever. Like he fleeces Philadelphia in that deal, but he gave up the number one pick of the draft. They just drafted the wrong guy. He fleeced Brooklyn in that deal, but he gave up Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, and a 2017 first round pick. He fleeces in the um, Kevin Garnett deal, but he gives away a ton. So he's not unwilling to give up things in trades. He just knows what he wants to get and is getting the better end of deals in the long run. And in this case, it's Kyrie Irving. Then there's the whole controversy. They have to add a pick because of Isaiah's injury. And, you know, he clearly knew that Isaiah Thomas was on his last legs. But we're, we've seen this. If Yesterday's episode, we saw the same thing. When he, the players he moved versus the players he kept, right? He, he moved guys that didn't have value to them in the future. He moved Al Jefferson. He moved Delonte West. He keeps Tony Allen. He moves Gerald Green. He moves Ryan Gomes. And he moves... But he keeps Leon Poe of all guys. He keeps guys that fit to what they want to get done and that fit their roster and fit the way they want to play. And so now all of a sudden, he's got his 2018 superstar team. He's now taken that collection of eight 20-minute-a-guy players, and now it's Kyrie Irving, it's Al Horford, opens the door for Jalen Brown, who plays 31 minutes. The 19-year-old Jason Tatum plays 31 minutes. He's Who does he hold on to this whole time? Marcus Smart, right? Like he's moved a bunch of guys, but he holds Marcus Smart. Marcus Morris was a great pickup in that trade. Uh, and he gets of Avery Bradley and he gets 27 minutes a game out of him and he gets Terry Rozier and they go to the Eastern Conference Finals and lose in seven to the Cleveland Cavaliers. And they've made the jump to 55 wins. It's pretty darn impressive. He then has, because he's collected all this, in the 2018 draft, he has three draft picks. In the 2017 draft, by the way, yeah, 2018 draft, he now has three draft picks. 
And it's pretty interesting. Is this the 2019? I think I have these backwards. Let me make sure I have this. The Romeo Lankford really doesn't. Here it is, 2019 draft. So this is now the 2019 draft. And he drafts Romeo Lankford in the 14th pick, Matisse Thibel in the 20th, Grant Williams in the 22nd. Now, turns out Romeo Lankford, we'll see, um, oft injured, and I think they moved him finally in one of the deals at the deadline. Um, never seemed to be able to get healthy. Players after him. Uh, Demi- uh, Demayu for, from Detroit. Oki out of, uh, from Auburn at Orlando. Alexander Walker. Goga Batazzi. Lucas Samanich out of the league. Matisse Thibel, good pick. Brandon Clark, Grant Williams, Darius Baisley, Ty Jerome, Nazar Little, I think might be all right. Dylan Windler, like nothing. Except for Grant Williams and Matisse Thibel, who actually were both were drafted by Boston at that point. Thibel gets traded. Grant Williams is an incredible pick. So Langford's, again, he miss, he he doesn't always hit, but he doesn't miss. Because the next picks are Secret Demaya, uh, DeMaio, who turns out to not be able to play. Oki, who's coming off the ACL and hasn't quite clicked in, might be a good player one day. Alexander Walker, Gogo Batazzi, Lucas Samanich, Brandon Clark's good, and he gets Grant Williams. He's the one who actually drafts the next player who can play. And Grant Williams at 20 seconds, an unbelievable pick. And here's the essence of Ainge's drafting. Grant Williams is an undersized, in a, doesn't really have a role type player. But he's 22, so he's not, Jason Tatum is like, the Adonis body of the NBA drafts him three. Jalen Brown is the Adonis body of the NBA drafts him. Marcus Smart's the elite level athlete with unbelievable hands and quickness. He drafts him five. Get to 22. Okay, what this guy moves the ball, plays smart, understands the game. Everyone college loved him for his, his smarts and, and the approach. And he drafts him. And he becomes Grant Williams, who's really good. And so... Now you move in. Now they have the Gordon Hayward injury. You know, things don't go their way. You know, he's put this thing together, but now things don't go their way. Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Marcus Morris is now up to 20 minutes. He traded a breaking down Avery Bradley for Marcus Morris. Like a subtle pick in there, but pretty great. Marcus Smart's playing 28 minutes a night. Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward. Is now down to 26 minutes a night and kind of not right and not starting. And Terry Rozier, and they end up going, uh, they lose in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, Kyrie's kind of a bizarre uh, circumstances. You know, he got in bed with Kyrie, which turns out to, you know, only be okay. And so he gets out of bed with Kyrie Irving as and Kyrie moves on and he makes the trade for Kemba Walker, trading Terry Rozier as a free agent who wants more time and gets Kemba Walker. So he brings in the next star and shirt and they, and he trades Aaron Baines. Uh, I think it was for a first round pick and they go back to the Eastern conference finals. They lose to the heat and six in the Eastern conference finals. And the team is now, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon plays 52, Marcus Smart, Kemba Walker. He picks up Daniel Tice. And Grant Williams now playing 15 minutes. And he drafts Robert Williams. Which again, Robert Williams, two years, Texas A&M, the 27th pick of the 2018 draft. And he he grants, he grabs Robert Williams. That's an incredible pick. So they're starting center. 
He understands how he plays. Again, there's limits to what he can do. He couldn't shoot free throws. There's all sorts of concerns, but it's 27th pick. The following picks are Jacob Evans, Daza Musa, Omari Spellman, Ellie Okubo, Javon Carter, Jalen Brunson goes six picks later, Devontae Graham, Melvin Frazier. The guys aren't in the league, except for Jalen Brunson. Great pick. And Robert Williams has played 3,400 minutes and is a bona fide starting center in the NBA out of the 27th pick because, again, as Ainge moves down a draft board, he figures out how to draft people that fit into slots. And at the same time, he has a pretty good idea of understanding how his roster fits and when to get off his own players. And that really kind of leads us to the Celtics of today. The irony of this, just to make sure we do full picture, the one draft where I would say Ainge probably wasn't as good as he has been. Um, By the way, last year they lose in the first round, and then this year they're now obviously in the Eastern Conference Finals is the update of where they are with Jason Tatum, acquired on the KG trade, Jalen Braden, KG trade, Marcus Smart, great pick early, Robert Williams, great pick, Al Horford gets him back, or they got him back this year, probably not Ainge, and they've repealed this together, and his staff's continued to do a great job. The irony of this, if I may, is that the one draft where actually Danny doesn't seem to have had as much luck is the 2020 draft, which was his last one in Boston. He drafts Aaron Neesmith with the 14th pick. He got some time last night. It's probably why they lost. He was this unbelievable shooter, hasn't been able to parlay into shooting, wasn't a great athlete, kind of was a not, actually doesn't match like Danny Ainge draft. Cole Anthony, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, Precious Achua, Tyrese Maxey were the following picks. So that actually, like, it's not very often. He then nails it on the 26th pick with Peyton Pritchard. Desmond Bain is 30th. Jaden McDaniels is 28th, who are two pretty good players um, that went afterwards. But Peyton Pritchard's been pretty great. So pretty hard to say that he he misses on Peyton Pritchard um, at the 26th pick. But again, that kind of matches being able to get that spot and what he's looking for. So to me... We see the same patterns. And I think this sequence of Ainge is the most interesting because he builds this roster of eight 20-minute-a-day guys and gets back to being reasonable, but then completely understands that that actually can't get over the top and starts and signs Al Horford. First, incredible talent recognition of the greatest winner in the league right now, probably Al Horford. I, I literally have said this multiple times on this show. I believe that had about 12 teams traded for Al Horford last year when he was sitting in Oklahoma City, they would have won the title. I think that's the kind of impact he has. And then he opens the door for Brown and Tatum, but he adds Hayward. He adds Kyrie Irving. He adds stars to the table, and he moves off his guys that don't have a lot left. You don't see him with very many guys on their roster that are on the back end. And the most important thing about this and how it relates to Utah is we only, there are three ways to acquire talent in this league. Free agency, draft, and trades. We're going to struggle in free agency unless we pay more. And when we have paid more, we've struggled. Ed Davis, Rudy Gay, it's where we've made some mistakes. Trades, that's how we're going to live, which means we cannot allow players to run out their string in Utah without us getting value for them. 
It means we're probably should be trading what feels like a year early because anytime we trade a year late, we're losing the number one spout of acquiring talent that we can. And the third is the draft, but we don't have many picks here for a while because we use them to try to make ourselves a championship caliber team. The right thing to do. But the key two things to our future is drafting. Angel's track record's amazing. Two is, frankly, moving off our own talent as much as we might love them to go get something else, to be able to keep it going. And the third piece of that puzzle would be recognizing which free agents might be more valued than the market things. I think Al Horford was getting a max anywhere, but he's really special. Can we do something similar to that? That is Locked on Jazz today. Tomorrow, the criticism of Ainge that he doesn't make unwillingness to make a move unless he fleeces you. Is that true? We look at it tomorrow on Locked on Jazz. Have a great one.